a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Here we go with another edition of KSL Outdoors Radio. And uh, I'll remind everyone that we're recording this program on Thursday. But if Saturday morning looks anything like it does outside right Ooh. now, it is going to be a glorious Easter weekend, and finally we're getting a break from all of those storms. Mighty fine out there. Just crazy with the amount of snow we've had, and uh, the resorts have just been pummeled, and many of them, at least in the big and little Cottonwood Canyons, you haven't been able to access. Still not able to access Little Cottonwood Canyon as we're speak uh, speaking here on Thursday morning. Only by helicopter. <laughs> or by helicopter. Unless you were lucky enough to be there three days ago and then 1,500 people have been sequestered indoors with an inner lodge could, that's been continuing. Could you just put your skis on and ski out? Um, you mean like down the road? Yeah, down the road. Probably not because that's uh, the the road's been closed because of yeah, avalanche they, debris. They showed a narrow path that they got down yeah. there for emergency vehicles. I think I'd just stay right there in the cliff yeah, lodge and enjoy my relaxing Got a good time. excuse to relax. <laughs> yeah. Tim Hughes in studio here at Broadcast House downtown and uh, Russ Smith from Sky yeah. Call back in this, uh, this morning. Three weeks in a row. Look at that. That's yeah. a, a record yeah. for you. That's good. Navadomskis has even been begging to come back in oh, studio recently. In, it's been three years. You know that? I know. He, Russ was just saying three weeks, and I'm thinking Navi hasn't been able to come in here for three wow. years now. Yeah, three years. Um, I, you know, I met you when I was 44, and I'm 63. So <laughs> it's 19 years, but I haven't been in the studio since before COVID. Did I tell you he's a savant with numbers, this guy? I mean, no, you, didn't, you never I told me about that. that. <laughs> I can't always solve for X. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Navadomskis is back with us here today. This interlodge uh, we were talking yeah. about this morning on Utah's Morning News, three days maybe, and we'll check in because Sarah Sherman is going to join us from Snowbird uh, coming up in our Snow Day segment. It may be the longest interlodge they've ever had for uh, 72 hours. Is that a new word? Interlodge? Yeah. No, no, it's no. been around a long okay. time. I just haven't heard it before. Nami, you know, have, you, have um, you ever been stuck in an interlodge? Yeah, I have. Wow. Um, but I wouldn't call it stuck. We were chalking at the bit to get out there and break new lines. Yeah. But um, you need to know, if you go out, you will be arrested. It's a very serious thing to be outside of of that lodge during, yeah. you know, possible avalanche yeah. era. Yeah. Let me tell you, that, that lodge is built bomb-proof. It is solid cement for a reason. Yeah. And uh, if you go outside of it, you know, it's a very dangerous moment. And until coast is clear, they're just not going to let you out the door. So 
Well, this will be a good example of how uh, serious these areas take it. Alta's marshal, the town marshal, a couple of days ago, deputized all of the ski patrolmen as deputies so Whoa. that they could enforce people not trying to get on the mountain. Uh, so, yeah, they do take this stuff seriously, and the reason it shut down is for your own safety. But <laughs> Becky has also been a part of interlodge situations before that turned into parties in the hallways. Oh, yeah. At the Cliff Lodge where pizzas were brought in and, you know, people were ordering beers and all kinds of things. I don't think you'd be that way after 72 hours, however. Yeah, that's the other way to cope. You just keep going with the party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I've already established the fact that uh, Sarah's going to be joining us in our Snow Day segment, so we'll look forward to that uh, conversation coming up. You were out, uh, what, Park City yesterday? So Tuesday yeah. this week or Wednesday yep. this week? Yep. Um, uh, I'm 63, and I got my 63rd ski day in this year. There you go. But it might be my last, you know. Um, I know there's a lot of snow, and it's really beautiful. My boots are on its final leg. I have to duct tape them up to get through the season. Um, I might go more, but really, I'm good if we don't. I mean, I feel fine. It was a great year for me. By the way, uh, Russ, when he says he's duct taping his boots to get through, he's not kidding. What color? What color tape? Well, I use the the chartreuse bright stuff, but my boots are black. (laughs) Awesome. He actually had his ankles taped the other day. Yeah. I, I had to cut him out of it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. He's proud of those boots. Yeah. Uh, it is time, and we're working on getting those uh, replaced. How many years have you been skiing on those things? Um, you know, I I was thinking nine, but it might be 12 years. Wow. It's been a while. Been a I mean, yeah, they become they mold them to your feet, so they just feel like my foot, and I don't know when I first got them. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you said you had a, a – uh, fish bites plan for us what are we going to talk about later in this hour well as you can imagine we got a flood on our hands so um i have three things to say about it and most of them are good so i'm going to talk about the three focuses in this period this very window with this behemoth snowpack i'll tell uh, i'll tell you what you need to know if you plan to do some fishing in the next three months yeah and you'll need to do it safely that water's going to be high it's going to be cold and don't, uh, don't give away my fish bite. I, yeah. I'm not going to ruin too much of it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there was some video, uh, was it the end of last week or over the weekend, Navi, that uh, showed part of the Ogden down low was jumping the banks. But I think that's not from runoff. That would have been from them releasing water up above. Right. You know, it was a non-story. I saw it, too. I grew up in Ogden. I, I cut my teeth on the Ogden River. That is normal. They bring that down in the spring. Well, back when we used to have water anyway. So it, it, they have a, a level they can get to without putting water in the local house basements, and they'll take it right to that level. And, that yeah, that's coming directly out of the spillway, and they're getting ready for what's about to come down into Pineview Dam. Yeah, so take that as good news. They are expecting so much runoff that they're not concerned about holding that water back. They just want to make room for the water that's coming because we broke the the, uh, water content level of uh, the snowpack by three full inches. The record was 26 inches, give or take a little, and we're above 29 inches of water in uh in the uh, snowpack up there right now so oh, you talk about uh prayers answered there's one now the second prayer is it will stay in the 70s for a little while here to let that stuff come down slow yeah. just, just so you know as soon as i hang up i have a list of honeydews you know my wife yeah one of them is i need a dozen sandbags 
she wants them here before 3 p.m. So that's what I'm doing today, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, nobody's fooled by that anyway. You don't have honeydew lists because your honey do everything for you. We've seen her operate. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> well, it's a list. Yeah. She's already given it to me. I know. When do you do radio? Yeah. Okay, here's your list. <laughs> Russ, you, you were going to jump in here. Oh, I said just an inch a day. That's all we need. Yeah. And, and that's serious that stuff. We could handle that. Yeah. Kevin Eubank was talking about if we could just get it to go mm. down a foot this week and a yeah. foot next week and uh, kind of have it uh, happen that way. And he's optimistic. He looked at the long-term forecast and said, we're going to warm up and then we're going to cool down and we're going to mm. warm up and we're going to cool down. So let's hope uh, that that is indeed the case. Uh, I, I just have to pass along this note, and Russ can see it. Uh, Navi, you can when you get a minute to go onto our Facebook page. But with tongue-in-cheek, the Division of Wildlife Resources, and I don't know who's in charge of their social media, but hats off to them for just having a little fun here. They uh, have started, quote-unquote, this dating site that they call Plenty of Catfish, <laughs> just in time for the fishing season. And here's what it says. Uh, are you a catfish who's looking for love but having a hard time getting a date? Try our all-new dating app, Plenty of Catfish. The app will enable you to edit your photos to look more um, flattering in order to attract a, a mate or maybe just a Friday night date. Gone are the days of being unmatched due to the way you look. Big, scaly body, long, slimy whiskers. Plenty of catfish helping catfish uh, catfish their dates one pick at a time. And there's a picture where they have actually uh, photoshot the head of a catfish on a brown fish, a brown trout's body. <laughs> it's it's pretty cute actually. So more of a uh, more of a February Valentine's Day thing, I think, than uh, an Easter weekend thing. But it's uh, a way of getting us into the fishing season here. You know, there's a lot of literacy in those groups. My wife's best follow by far is the Kaysville Fire Department. She reads it every ah, yeah. day. Yeah, we were laughing about something they had up there today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. They're finding a way to get some attention on their uh, social media, which is great. Pretty talented. Yep. We're going to go road tripping with uh, the boys. Uh, Mark and Bob will join us in the next half hour. And how about this for a title with the Division of Wildlife Resources, a once-in-a-lifetime coordinator. <laughs> Talking about once-in-a-lifetime hunts. Uh, Rusty Robinson is going to be joining us at the top of the next hour, so look forward to that. Just ahead, though, it is News of the Week. You'll want to stay with us here on KSL Outdoors Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Some news of the week here to uh, take a couple of minutes, and then uh, on the in the next half hour, are we going to connect with well, the uh, raft guys? The I do rowers? have their numbers now. Okay, good. Uh, row four. Row four. It used to be row four ALS. ALS. Is that still still, is. Yeah. still the handle? All right, so we'll look forward to uh, connecting with them. Supposedly, they're off the Pacific Coast. Scott just looked up the numbers and sent them to me. All right, good. We'll find out uh, where they are and what they're doing. Navi, anything new on your classes, or are you truly done-done here? I know people have been twisting your arm. Yeah, um, I said there was a possibility of doing a spring flow tube, and I wanted to make up that one because we got skunked. I've never been skunked, Mm. and I was going to make it up to them. Uh, we're going to go down to Panguitch. The yeah. thing of it is, there's three feet of snow on Panguitch yeah. right now. I don't know when we're going to do that because I leave for Portugal in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough uh, with the timing, especially of all that ice. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this. Both of us have, uh, Russ and I have sat through your class. How would you describe catch and release to new students? Um, see this fish? It lives here. And if you take it home, it doesn't live here anymore. So there's no reason to come back if you take it home. I mean, that's basically it. Um, what converts you to catch and release? And I, I, when I first started doing it, I thought they would be converted by great pros as to why the science mm. of it all. Yeah. But what really converts them is catching a lot of fish. And the reason why people keep fish is because they don't catch enough. But when you catch a lot of fish, you just don't need them anymore. Your, your confidence is solid. You don't need to take the ribbon or the trophy home. You just put it back for somebody else to enjoy, and it becomes very easy to swallow that pill when you become an accomplished angler. All right, now let me explain why I'm bringing this up today, because Russ actually stumbled onto this on the Internet, and I envision this as maybe the way that conversation would go, would go with bait fishermen who come to learn to fly fish. Listen to this. I've heard it. Lesson number one, catch and release. Now, in fly fishing, what we typically do is we catch the fish, and then we release the fish. Any questions so far? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? I know it's a tough thing to sort of wrap your mind around, Aaron, but let me explain it like this. We catch the fish, and then we let the fish go. Into a cooler? No. No, no, no. Uh-uh, no. Back into the water. On a stringer? No. No, it's like this. You catch the fish, right, and then you carefully remove the fly from the fish's mouth, Get a quick picture of yourself with it, and then you let the fish go back into the river. Well, then how the hell you eat them? We don't eat them. You don't eat them. You just you let them go. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, so that, you know, you can come back maybe the next day and catch the fish again, or maybe you come back next week and catch the fish again, or that maybe gives somebody else a chance to come back and catch that fish. So you catch the same fish over and over again? Yeah. So you're just into torturing fish? Is that it? No, that, no. You feel like a big man torturing fish? No, it's not about torturing fish. It's about letting the fish live, right? So it can have a nice, healthy, happy life and get bigger. Oh, fattening them up. Oh, you keep them when they're big and fat. It's better eating. No, we don't even keep them when they're big. Why the hell would you catch a fish and not keep it? Because fly fishing is all about getting out here and enjoying yourself. All right? It's about the nature and surrounding yourself, and it calms the nerves, Kevin. You know what calms my nerves? Barbecue and fish. <laughs> Smashing a fish on a rock. Eating eyeballs. <laughs> uh, you ever had one uh, conversation go sideways on you, Navi? You know, that, that conversation is all over when you do Instagram. <laughs> With everybody's yep. picture, they 
play that, yeah. you know, over yeah. top. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, just a little something to throw out there. Now on a more serious note, I just want to get this note out there because the division's asking for some help. Their conservation officers are seeking information uh, of another poaching incident, and what makes this particularly sad is it was a pregnant doe. A uh, pregnant doe deer illegally killed in Washington County a couple of months ago in February, and they're saying or asking if you have any information to please report it by calling the uh, UTIP hotline, which we pass along uh, on a fairly regular basis here. It's 800-662-3337, or you can just text 847-411. We really hope somebody is... Uh, Brought to account for this one. Uh, makes no sense. No, never makes any sense. You can find the information, by the way, on our Facebook page, which is KSL Outdoors Radio. A news update next on the half hour. And then uh, coming up, we'll see if we can make contact with our uh, rowers out there. Row 4 ALS. Stay right there. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.